Divorce is messy, even and sometimes especially when everyone knows it's the right thing to do. Luckily for you, there are some steps you can take to intelligently plan your future. To avoid the mistakes that so many others have made, which cost them thousands of dollars and created a lifetime of headaches, listen on to this episode of Smart Planning 101. Here's your host, Nicole Whip. Hello, smart planners. Today, I want to talk about divorce. And I know that this is really not a pleasant topic, unfortunately, like many of the things that I um, talk about. But I know that it's an important topic because as an attorney that has represented, I don't even know how many people in divorce proceedings, as a person that has been through a divorce and as a child of divorce, I have a lot of insight into divorce and what needs to be done about planning for it. And when I say all of this, I want you to understand something. I'm not advocating that you go out and get divorced, okay? This is just something that as a personal decision that you are going to be making, that you need to be considering these things. You have to be thinking and planning ahead. It's so important because this is literally, as you are aware, a life-altering decision. And we shouldn't do anything life-altering without planning for it. So I really think that talking about planning and divorce is an appropriate topic. Now, let me also say that there's nothing that I'm about to tell you that should be construed as legal advice, okay? Because these are general topics that are related to legal issues, but not specific legal advice. And as always, for advice specific to your situation, you need to consult with an attorney that practices law in the state in which you reside. Also, there might be some attorneys out there that don't agree with some of the things I say. In fact, I could even get hated on. I don't know. But I'm entitled to my opinion just like anybody else. And all I can say is um, these things are the result of my experience with clients, with myself, and with other family and friends. So I do feel that I can talk about this from a perspective of knowledge and experience, but also with a little bit of heart because I've really been there. So the first step to smart planning for divorce is really getting your head on straight before you even do anything. And what do I mean by that? Well, one of the main things I mean by that and what I've seen consistently over the years is that people look at the divorce process as a way for them to obtain revenge over all the wrongs that have been done to them by their partner in their marriage. And some of these are extremely real wrongs. Don't get don't get me wrong. Um, I have seen situations where a spouse has gambled all of the people's um, the couple's money away and left them destitute. I've seen lots of infidelity, of course. That's one of the main reasons people tend to get divorced. But I've also seen a lot of emotional, physical, mental abuse, and I've seen them very bad. I've seen it happen in ways that are just unbelievable and can mentally scar a person for life, if not physically scar them for life. So there are major wrongs in marriages. 
So I'm not here to say that these aren't real wrongs. However, you can't expect that the divorce process is going to achieve that for you. What I mean by this is that marriage is looked upon Uh, generally as a partnership, a business partnership almost, if you will. And so it assumes 50-50 contribution. And that's sort of the legal assumption, I guess, that we're going to come from is that there's sort of 50-50 contribution. Now, there are many people out there that are saying, what are you talking about 50-50 contribution? I worked my butt off the whole time and she never contributed a dime and now she wants to take all my money. And the woman will say, um, or you know, other situations, somebody will say, well, you know, what are you talking about 50-50 contribution? I raised those kids and I did everything and I cooked and I cleaned and I was the best spouse ever and they cheated on me and abused my love and my and my sanity and you know I mean right these are perceptions about um, how we feel about the reality of what happened in our marriage and that we didn't perceive it as a 50-50 partnership and that may have been the truth however that is not really the place that we're coming from and talking about it when we're talking about getting divorced because some of these things rightly wrongly or indifferently are perceived as a choice that we made just as we make choices in a business partnership and we may make bad business decisions we may make bad decisions in our marriage and some of these bad decisions are choosing to stay married to somebody that is not an appropriate life partner for us now I know that people are not going to like me saying this, and I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry that this makes you angry or hurts your feelings, or um, I know that you may have experienced extreme abuse. But I want you to just hear this because when you go through the divorce process, sometimes it can feel like a really cold place. And that's, but that's part of the reason why. That's why I want you to know this is that's how it's perceived because a judge cannot fix 20 years of abuse. A judge cannot fix the fact that you chose to have children with somebody that's a bad parent. A judge cannot fix these things. They can only do what can be done legally, which is try to get you out of it in the most equitable way possible. The problem is, is what we may think of as equitable is not necessarily what a judge or other people are going to think of as equitable. And and it definitely is not necessarily what your spouse may believe is equitable. And that leads me to the second topic, which is don't agree on everything until you really know your options. One of the things that I see that people do is that they say, oh, we're going to agree on everything. And I actually love that because, of course, I don't really advocate fighting and divorce. Um, I know that it causes more harm than good most of the time. And so if you can agree with your spouse on everything, that's great. The problem is, is that I've seen this so many times. People will believe that they're going to agree on everything because they believe the other person's going to be quote unquote fair to them. And then they find out what that person thinks is fair. And oh, now the gloves come off because you cannot make assumptions that the person is going to agree with you about what's fair. And what you don't want to do is put yourself into a situation where you're committed to a path 
that is not going to work for you for the rest of your life. Because this is an irrevocable decision on some level, right? If you get divorced, this is going to affect the rest of your life. You need to hear me. And so if you want to keep everything calm and as stress-free as possible, that's a wonderful goal. But you need to balance that with the recognition that you can't afford to just get along and give away everything when you may leave yourself and possibly even your children destitute as a result. And I have seen this time and again where um, mothers tend to be more guilty of this, although I will not say that fathers aren't because I have seen fathers do this as well, where we want to protect our children from the divorce process so much that we give away everything to the spouse just to not fight. But you need to consider what you're really doing. First of all, you're affecting your children's future because all they're going to see is a massive imbalance and inequity between you and their other parent. And also, you're probably going to be affecting their day-to-day life when they're with you and what you're going to be able to provide to them and to yourself if you can't even afford to live. And so if you give away everything to the spouse just for the sake of getting along, this is not good planning. You need to think about it a little bit more and consider what your financial abilities or resources may be. And that's why you need to get really good advice. And when I say good advice, I'm talking both legal and financial. I don't advocate necessarily hiring an attorney that loves to fight. Um, We all in the legal world, especially in the divorce world, know attorneys that have this reputation for wanting to rip people's heads off. And sometimes clients are very attracted to those kinds of people because that's what they want. But that leads me back to that first thing that I said about, you know, divorce isn't going to right all your wrongs. And so... What that person a lot of times is going to do is just rack up your bill and cause more havoc in your family life. And so you need to find a balance between somebody that is willing and ready and is invested in settling your case in a fair way, but also has the experience and knowledge to fight for you if necessary. And I'm here to tell you that that's not that easy to find. But I can tell you from my experiences, most attorneys are sort of on one end or the other. They just like to fight about everything or they're going to settle everything because they never want to go to court. And so you don't want either one of those kinds of attorneys. You want an attorney that's absolutely willing to settle, but is willing to be tough in negotiation and will go to court for you if necessary and has experience in court to prevail. And that is not necessarily an easy combination to find. But it is, in my opinion, recommended course of action of what type of attorney you want to find in a divorce. You also need to enlist the help of a financial professional, especially if you are the person that's less experienced with money. So often people are so unrealistic about what they can really afford. 
and want to make decisions about financial things that simply do not make sense. And one of the prime examples of this is somebody that wants to keep the house. That's like the emotional thing. Um, People want to keep the house, especially for the kids. There's an emotional attachment to our home. And I understand that. And I actually was guilty of this in my divorce. So I will tell you that this is definitely something that I have personal experience with making this particular mistake. And I wanted to keep the house. I don't know why. To me, it was a symbol of security when I felt like everything was being pulled out from under me. And yet, can you really afford that house with your new reality of living? And you have to consider all the expenses because when you're one income, money doesn't go as far. There's really no winners here. And so here you are, you have to put that roof over your head, you have to pay that mortgage, you have to pay the insurance, you have to pay the utilities, you have to pay all the other bills that you have in your life and it's all on you. Can you really afford that house? In many cases, getting rid of the house is by far the better long-term financial decision for particularly women. And you need to take this into consideration. But don't get me wrong, because I do want to tell you that anything I say applies equally to men. I have represented many men in the course of my lawyering as divorce lawyer, and I don't take sides in women or men. I think there are people that are unreasonable and people that are reasonable. I think there are good people and bad people, whether or not they're women or men is sort of irrelevant to me personally. I just know from experience and from statistic after statistic that women tend to be particularly financially vulnerable. And so ladies, hear me. You do not want to put yourself in that situation because it will be very difficult to dig yourself out of and you could lead yourself into financial ruin. So make sure that you have some good financial advice. Also, get emotional support, but don't get it from your lawyer. So often what people do, because the lawyer is sort of the person that you feel is your protector, and so you want to vent and cry, and it's like your therapist, but you have to remember that a therapist, for the most part, is going to be a much cheaper proposition than trying to use your attorney as your therapist, and of course, way more qualified. An attorney is not the person that you want to be getting emotional support from. They are your legal advisor. And an attorney is not going to serve you in the best way if they're always supporting you emotionally, because you're going to be getting a major bill from them as a result. So when you need to cry on somebody's shoulder or complain about your spouse or rage against um, what he did last week, the place to do it usually is either with a therapist or with some other person that's going to be giving you emotional support to get through that thing. Because there's no question that in 99.9% of cases, people got married because they wanted to be married to the person. And they didn't get married to get divorced. So getting divorced can feel like a failure. It can feel horrible. It is not a good experience. No matter how much you really want out, it's still a bad experience. And so you don't want to be using your attorney to relay all your feelings about that. It's just going to cause more problems for you financially, particularly, and also maybe compromise your relationship with your attorney, which you don't want to do. You want to keep things professional. There are so 
many other things I can talk about with divorce, and some of them have to do with planning for what's going to happen to your children. I think, however, I will cross that bridge another day because that really deserves an episode of its own. To recap from today, though, smart planning when it comes to your divorce is really about getting your head on straight and thinking things through before you take too much action. You want to remember that divorce isn't going to right all the wrongs that happened to in your marriage and that nobody can fix the bad things that happen. We can only move forward. You need to remember that agreeing on everything while an amazing goal and a laudable goal is not necessarily in your best interest for the rest of your life. And at the very least, you need to get some good advice about what your options are and what the potential repercussions of whatever you're going to agree on are going to be on you for the rest of your life. And so this really does require that you get good legal and financial advice. Now, I just thought of this, and I should have said something about it earlier, but I know that sometimes people will say, well, I cannot afford a lawyer, and I really can't afford a good lawyer, and I understand that. I will just say to you that there's many of you listening that say that, but you can afford a lawyer, or at least you can afford a consultation, and you don't have to necessarily engage an attorney for the entire process to get good advice about what your options are. And so that is something that you should at least consider is whether you want to engage somebody for the limited purpose of giving you advice about your options. So at the very least, you can go into it with your eyes wide open because you want to make good legal and financial decisions because these things are going to affect you for the rest of your life. And finally, that you want to get good emotional support, but don't be getting it from your attorney. That's not the place to get your psychological, mental, and emotional support. Although a good attorney will be a source of comfort to you, and that's really, they should be. They shouldn't be your primary or sole source of comfort or getting through your emotional turmoil. You should have friends family and or a therapist that's going to help you through those things. So I hope that these planning tips related to divorce help. And I hope that you take them all into consideration if you are considering getting a divorce because they really are the foundation of moving forward with getting divorced. See you next time on Smart Planning 101. Thank you. Now that you're starting to get the knowledge you need to make better planning decisions, don't let your journey stop there. You can gain access to Nicole's incredible guide, A Will Is Your Ticket Into Probate Court, the five crucial facts about wills everyone needs to know right now. And the best part is you can download it for free by going to smartplanning101.com slash wills right now. Time is flying by, so don't wait another day to download this must-have guide, and we'll see you next time on the Smart Planning 101 Podcast. The information contained within this podcast does not constitute legal or financial advice. It's for general informational purposes only. For advice specific to your situation, consult with your legal or financial professional.